Hi, I'm Gary DiCarlo, the lead singer of Steam. Na na hey hey, kiss him goodbye. I'm the next guest on on screen and beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 264 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, we're going to take a peek behind a classic rock song written over 44 years ago, but it is still going strong. Everybody, young and old, know this song. It was called Na Na Hey Hey Kiss Him Goodbye. It's played at stadiums, constantly, baseball, basketball, hockey, everything. It's one of those songs that has just gone on and on and on. And this week, we have the guy who co-wrote the song and was the singer. But for years, nobody knew who he was because the song was attributed to a group that didn't exist. So we're going to hear the whole story. Gary DiCarlo is going to be joining us. He was the singer for Nana Hey Hey Kiss Him Goodbye. And we've got the complete story from Gary right here on On Screen and Beyond coming up in just a few minutes. So hope you're going to stick around for that. And uh, last week we had uh, Gary U.S. Bonds on. And now we got the Gary DiCarlo. And a lot of great music people coming your way. But we're going to get right into Remake Madness next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, a remake of the 1985 comedy Weird Science is in development. There's no star to release date yet, but we'll keep you informed when we hear of it. And Guys and Dolls, a romantic comedy musical, may be headed for a remake with rumored stars Channing Tatum and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Couple of great actors there. We'll find out what happens with that. And Journey Three from the Earth to the Moon takes us uh, both into the sequel and to the remake mode. It uh, retells the story of uh, the Jules Verne tale, and uh, it's the third in the Journey series. And it's also from the Earth to the Moon, which was a remake. So we'll find out what the way they do with that. And that is it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. What's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies is coming your way right here on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming new movies. Columbia Pictures is working on an animated film called Ratchet and Clank for 2015. It's about two unlikely heroes who set out to stop an evil alien from destroying planets. And Denny Masterson of That 70s Show fame will star in Hotbot. It's a comedy looking for a 2014 release from producer Kate Bosworth. And Nonstop is a film which will show us what happens when a commercial flight is abducted by an alien aircraft. That's going to star Betsy Russell and Veronica Cartwright in 2014. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sequel City, well, Universal has Pitch Perfect 2 in development. And Dodgeball 2 is in the works from producer Ben Stiller. And The Heat 2 is in the works with uh, no release date and rumored starring Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. Now, you might say, I don't know what The Heat 1 was. Well, that's because it's going to star Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy, but it's not out yet. But they're already working on 2. All right, we'll find out what happens with that. That is it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV on DVD. We're going to tell you what's coming your way right here on On Screen and Beyond. TV on DVD, well, on July 30th, you can look for Touched by an Angel Season 8. This season is the one that they introduce a new cast member, Valerie Bertinelli. And the Season 4 Blu-ray of Star Trek The Next Generation will cruise into stores on July 30th. And on July 16th, you can get The Virginian Season 8 on DVD in an embossed tin collector set. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we'll take a peek at what's coming your way as far as movies coming your way on DVD. Movies on DVD, well, Hatchet 3 will slice its way to Blu-ray and DVD on August 13th, and The Incredible Bird Wonderstone will appear in stores on June 25th, and on June 18th, The Last Exorcism Part 2 will land on DVD and Blu-ray. That's it for Movies on DVD, coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. Everybody knows the song, Na Na Hey Hey Kiss Em Goodbye. Of course, it's been played at dances and weddings and uh, stadiums for sporting events. And there's other singers who are singing this song. And it just goes on and on and on. It was written and sung by Gary DiCarlo. But nobody really knew that because uh, it was placed under the name of a group called Steam, which really didn't exist. And it was made up just so the, you know, they could just... Uh, have the song go out without uh, Gary being credited for it. So uh, Gary's going to tell us the whole story behind that song. It's a great song. It's a classic rock song. And we're going to have the whole story coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Gary DiCarlo is going to be joining us. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is a singer and songwriter who 44 years ago co-wrote and sang a song that even today is still used in movies and played at sporting events and dances worldwide. This week, we get the real story behind the monster hit, Na Na Hey Hey Kiss Him Goodbye. It's Gary DiCarlo. Gary, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you, man. I'm happy to be here, and I appreciate you uh, giving me the offer to do this. Gary... First off, I want to start off because I've seen the title of the song different in different places. Um, in fact, 
one place is on a 45 picture cover. You see Nana, Hey, Hey, Kiss Him Goodbye. Then on an old Mercury 45, I saw Nana, Hey, Kiss Him Goodbye. Uh, so what is the real title that you originally wrote? Well, it was Nana, Hey, Hey, Kiss Him Goodbye. Okay. Actually, the song was written uh, a few years before it was recorded, and it, and it was a blues shuffle, and it was just called Kiss Him Goodbye. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it was transformed that night that we recorded it, and that's when the chant was born. Wow. Yeah. All right, well, let's start out, before we get into the song itself, let's start out with you. Have you always been, when you were just a kid, were you trying to get into music? Is that something you were shooting for, or you know, did you want to be yeah, a baseball player? Yeah, or? <laughs> yeah well, I, I came from uh, a musical family. My father played guitar and sang. My mother sang also, but she was very shy. And my sister sang along with my father, and she was like into a Shirley Temple thing, which was, you know, years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I grew up listening to the, the old standards, you know, the, the, the show tunes, and, and eventually when Alan Freed came on with uh, his show Moondog, and I started listening to that, 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 that blew my mind. I, I started to hear the... Uh, the, the Let's, let's say uh, uh, Little Richard, uh, the Cadillacs, the Cleftones. Uh, the, it, it was amazing. When I heard those songs, it just opened up my mind. I said, man, I have to do this. Yeah. I fell in love with it. Was this when you were in junior high or high school? No, no, no. I was, I was about maybe 11 years old at the time. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah I used to just sit by the radio and uh, wait for this show to come on. Because it was, uh, it was just something. It, it, the, the radio would be would be blank. There would be nothing happening, and then all of a sudden the show would come on. Hmm. Wow! It was it was amazing. It wasn't like the radio today, where you know you had somebody on and say upcoming, uh, you know, Alan Freed show or whatever. Yep. This this just came out of nowhere. It was amazing. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> so you lived in New England, Northeast. Yes. Yeah, yeah I lived in Connecticut. Uh, I was uh, born in Bridgeport, and now for the past uh, almost 21 years, uh, I live in uh, uh, Shelton, Connecticut. Oh, so how did you go from listening to the music on the radio to actually getting into a recording studio? Well, eventually, uh, I I started to uh, I played drums for a while in a few few groups, and then. I met a few fellas from my area, and we, they asked me to become part of their group, which was a doo-wop group, mm -hmm. and a vocal group. And uh, I was thrilled, too, because I, I, I loved that type of music. And we were together for, for about five years or so, and we had a book of about uh, 150 songs, you know, with choreography and everything. And we wound up going into the studio and we recorded a few things under the name of the Glenwoods. Also the uh, let's see, Citations and the Chateaus. The we had one thing out was that's the way it'll be and the backside was called Elaine as the Glenwoods and then the Chateaus we had a thing out called the Summers Here. 
you know, we had we had some play on it, but I mean, you know, they never really developed into anything, and we weren't that that savvy as far as the business end of it was concerned. But that was kind of like launching me into the the music thing as it as I got into New York City, because we used to door knock, we used to go to like 1650 Broadway, you know, Tin Pan Alley, and walk into people's offices and say, you know, hi, you know. They say, "What do you do?" And I say, "Well, we're we're a vocal group." And then you would just audition right right there in their office. Jeez. It was great, you know. You can't do that kind of stuff today, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so eventually, when that group uh, uh, broke up, then I started a couple of uh, things for myself. You know, Gary and the Coachman, uh, which was another uh, uh, stand-up group, but we did more modern things as far as. Uh, uh, songs were concerned, and then from that I, I started a big horn band, and from there I wound up uh, in a band called the Orchids, which was really top-notch band. It was very very good, and we played the the area here, uh, up and down the coast. You know, we did like college work and and played a lot of the uh, the, the the local bars and stuff like that, and we played in New York City. And, um, you know, then eventually that wound up not going anywhere because the guys were all married and they didn't want to travel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was a little bit uh, a little bit down because of that. So, you know, I said, you know what, um, I'm just going to start going into the city by myself. And I recorded something here and I brought it in and started shopping it around. And one day I walked into... Um, Buddha Records, and I bumped into Paul, Paul Lecker. Mm-hmm. He was at uh, Buddha Records at the time, and we got to talking, and I started going into the city on more on a regular basis, and uh, we started hanging out together and everything, and, and I said to him one day, you know, would you be interested in doing something with me recording-wise? And he said, he said yes. So that's basically what started... The, the whole uh, recording thing with him and with Mercury Records. Wow. Like you say, that can't happen anymore. <laughs> it no, no, you can't do that. No, it, all the small labels now are under the umbrella of the large labels. Right. You know, I mean, there's probably three major labels that are running the, the entire industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. It, it's tough. It's, it, you know, now, but you have, you have to understand, now the kids have so many ways of of uh, showing their stuff today you know with with uh facebook and youtube right. and and you know with these with these uh, even with these reality shows that they have you know the voice and and so on mm-hmm. that uh, we didn't have we didn't have that kind of exposure right you had to get out there and <laughs> beat the yeah, paint and pound on doors and pretty and... much learn your trade you know in the clubs and do do the best you can and it, it was like playing the lottery you know and just hoping that you know, one day someone would hear you and like you, and uh, you know, possibly get a record deal. And but, I mean, you know, if you love it, you just keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. So take us back now to uh, I, I presume this was nineteen sixty-eight, sixty-nine when you wrote the song. Yeah, well, the song was written a few years before that. Like I said, it was a blues right. shuffle, and um, the night that we went into the studio, the uh, I had recorded four sides for Mercury with Paul Lecker. Mm-hmm. And and uh, one of the songs 
that I did was working on a groovy thing, which was written by Neil Sedaka. Right, yeah. And, you know, the record company and 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 I and my and uh, Paul and everyone thought that uh, working on the groovy thing was the hit. I that was my hit in my mind. I said this is it. Come to find out, the fifth dimension found out, you know, and they pulled their version off of their album. From what I was told, the lead singer I guess had a problem with his throat, and they couldn't go in and record something. So they pulled theirs off of the album and beat mine by one week. Jeez. Mm, as far as coming out, so we had to go back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. And in the process of doing that, the company said, you know, that they felt that the next thing to put out would be Sweet Laura Lee, and that was written by Larry Weiss, who who wrote the uh, Rhinestone Cowboy. Wow. And um, you know, I didn't I didn't really want to lead with a ballad, but you know, they felt that this was the way to go. So now we needed a B-side. So I, I said to, uh, to my, my friend Dale, Dale Frazier, I said, Dale, I said, tell Paul that, uh, you know, I want to do Kiss Him Goodbye. And uh, he, he related that to, to Paul. And that night when we went into the studio, one of the four sides was called Sugar, which was another uh, song by by Neil Sedaka. Mm-hmm. It pulled the drum track from that and did an eight-bar loop. And then everything was layered on it. There's, there's no guitar on the record. There's no bass on the record. It's basically all piano, overdubs, organ, and there's vibes on it. And then I played percussion on a board. <laughs> and, and we went in about 7 o'clock that night and by five in the morning, it was done just the way that you hear it on the radio. But the, again, the chant was born that night. And that's the thing that hits everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Very, very catchy hook. Of course, you read things on the Internet, and you can never tell if it's you know the real thing. But I figure, you know, we got you on here. We're going to find out the real story here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's things that, that there's, they said that nobody wanted to be associated with it because you, you all hated it and, and no, everything. No, that's not true, man. Believe that's not. Me. Anybody that knows me, friends or family, they know the truth, and they know that, that I mean, I mean figure it out, man. I, I, I'm not a spring chicken. And I'm still doing it. If I didn't love what I was doing, uh, I wouldn't be doing it anymore. I, I would be retired and, you know, fishing somewhere or something. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but uh, for, for them to say that, uh, you know, some things people just make up, and some people uh, say things because they try to cover things up. Mm-hmm. You know, to make it look like I was a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, and... and and believe me when I tell you, I I was not the bad guy in that whole situation. Yes. The group that went on the road with with the record had really nothing to do with it. They were just a road group. Right. Yeah. You know, Paul, uh, Dale, and myself were the were the three writers, and we were actually Steam. You know, would I mean Steam basically was was just a name. Right. Yeah. Now you, I've heard that with. Other groups in the, in the 60s, especially late yeah. 60s, that that happened a lot, that certain yeah, people would absolutely. do it. Yeah, Ron Dante's a perfect example. Right. He, he did uh, the Archies, and that was very common back in those days. But you see, Paul 
Paul wanted me to sing the entire album and, uh, you know, and have these guys go out and make believe that they were me and stuff. And I said, no. I said, I, I, you know, I don't want to do that. I said, you know, I want to I go and I want to be on the road with this. And he, he refused. He said, no. And, and that's what drove the wedge between us. And that's when the magic was gone. It, it was, you know, it was no longer happening anymore. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't they want you to go out? You were the lead singer and, and you have right. a distinctive voice. So everyone asks me that question. And, and the, the only thing I can say is this. If you were a businessman, a smart businessman, wouldn't you want the person that could sing it and perform it live and sound like the record to be out there and in front? Right, yeah. Yeah, well, it does. that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense why they wouldn't do that, but he wouldn't do it. So now some people feel that there was a, a creative jealousy involved here and, and that he felt that... I was going to take away some spotlight from him or whatever. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. All I know is that I didn't get the shot to, to, to go out there to do it. Yeah. Now, the what, five guys that were on the cover of yeah. Steam, you were not one of them? No, no, absolutely not. They, they were a group from this area, and they were picked, you know, to, uh, because we knew them. And, you know, they were picked to go on the road as the road group. And again, as I said, they didn't play on the single, and they didn't play on the entire album. Wow, jeez. That's unbelievable. And, and, and the last that I had heard, there were three groups, you know, because once, once they fizzled out, then there was another group, and then they fizzled out, and then there was another group, and then that was it. So I, I, I lost contact with with the whole situation after that, so I didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, that, like I said earlier, I'd heard of a similar story with, uh, I can't remember if it was uh, the 1910 Fruit Gum Company or, or one of those other groups in the 60s like that that had the same thing. They had groups going out being yeah. this person, and then they didn't even know the new song was out. That <laughs> just, yeah, It yeah, just sounds absolutely. crazy. Absolutely. Well, you know, what was funny was people would come up to the group, you know, after they played the song and they said, and would say to them, you know, how come you don't sound like the record? Right. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you literally watch the video of them, you can look at the, the lead singer's uh, uh, lips and you'll see that he's nowhere in sync mm -hmm. w with the lead vocal. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, it's, you know, it's very obvious, but, but, um, the the unfortunate thing is is that uh, you know all these years of passing, millions of people have this record all over the world. Oh sure. And 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 you know they don't know that it's me. Right. Well, that that's why we want to get it out there to let people know. I mean, this is yeah. You know, I, you know I'm getting some exposure now, and I'm very happy as long as I can stay healthy and still perform and sing. Then you know I'll do it until I can't do it anymore. Yeah. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, I got a question. In in those, you know, like I say, it's been 44 years uh, that, that this was written. Did you ever get to perform it in all those years? I know recently in the last couple recently, of years. Yes, recently, but, but before yes. that, you know, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, did you ever get to I did one. I did one show. They called me up one day. I was visiting my father in California, and I got a phone call, and they, and they said that... Uh, Steam was performing somewhere, and, and they had doubled out a job. So they asked me if I would go and sing with, with uh, this particular fellow that called me with, with his, uh, his band, one of, the, one of the people that he booked. And it was in Salt Lake City at the Ice Palace. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I said, no, I said, I, I don't want to do that. Come on, come on, come on, come on, do it, do it. And I said, you know, you know, we'll pay you. You, you know, you won't have to worry about your airfare or nothing. We'll take care of it. So I said, yeah. And that, that was it. That was the only thing I ever did. I remember seeing your performance on the PBS show that they had a while back. Yeah. And now, now did you actually sing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, i got to tell you, I mean, I've seen artists over the years, you know, and uh, as as they get older, they don't sound the same. You, I mean, we could have put the records side by side, and you sounded exactly like. I mean, your voice is the same as there was no. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people have told me that. Um, you know, the only thing I, I, I can I can think of is I, I I love what I do, and the only thing I can think of is is that you know I didn't get burnt out over the years. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, so so that I think that you know that was in my favor. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just a shame that I had to wait, you know, this many years. I know it, yeah. You know what I mean? Because like I said to you earlier, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a young kid anymore. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, still, I still love what I do, and I get, I guess, a lot of compliments. And I, what, I, what I love is I get, I get some stories from people. They're always happy comments about what they were doing at that point in their life. You know, and mm-hmm. and it's it, it, they relate the story to me. It's great. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Well, the thing I noticed uh, on that PBS special that you really the look on your face, you looked so happy. I mean, <laughs> just Ab- absolutely. I, I I can't I can't express to you to see the energy and those people, the reaction of those people for me to be there. It it, it was a joy because I had waited so many years. And I, and I, for some reason, I felt that night that it was a beginning of something for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and um, I I have gotten a lot of recognition from that show. Yeah. Well, you definitely deserve it because I mean, you know, well, the, thank you. the song is is uh, just such a huge hit, and you know, a lot of songs don't survive time. You know, I mean, when you hear them, you you know, it, well, it's, it's, it's that's right. '60s song. This one. It's played now, and people don't consider it a '60s song. It's it's a song. Yeah, absolutely. And there's right. there's 
Well, this December 6th coming, uh, it'll be 44 years that it went number one. Yeah. Boy, jeez. It doesn't seem like that long ago, because I remember listening to it. <laughs> no, but, no, but you know something? It, it's, um, I, I guess it, it, it's timeless, which, which uh, I'm very happy about, because, like you said, you can listen to this thing and you can listen to it over and over, and you just don't get sick of it. Right. I, you know, and I love it because there's there's a positive energy there. Oh, definitely, yeah. And and when on that PBS special, when you you know the smile on your face and and you were clapping your you know your hands to get the crowd going, and they were all into it. I mean, unbelievably. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That it's, must have been the thrill of your life. I would think. Oh, well, it was. It was. I'm telling you. I uh, at that point, I felt like that. Uh, you know, I had won an award. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Jeez. You know, I had the people come up to me later, and and uh, you know, say how how much they enjoyed it. But but it was it was such a nice night because I I got to meet a lot of the other people that were performing, and they were just great, and, and they, they treated us like royalty. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was just a, a nice thing, and it's something I'll never forget till 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 they put me in the ground. <laughs> Yeah. Now are you touring more and uh... yeah yeah I'm, I have I when I went to the monkey convention last month I I met some people I have an opportunity now where uh, somebody was uh, talking to me about possibly doing some things in New Jersey at the uh, Atlantic City uh, in the in the casinos that's great yeah and and I was uh, just uh, hired to do uh, an oldie show in Tennessee in October. Mm-hmm. And um, someone else approached me to, about doing uh, oldies cruises. Yeah, yeah. And and then I was speaking to Ron Dante, and um, he said that he felt I would be perfect for some of his shows. Sure. So I'm waiting on that also. And um, and like you mentioned, the 1910 Fruit Gum Company, they we we are trying to do something uh, also with that too. Yeah, they had a lot of a lot of hits too. So, yeah, yeah. So you know, there's some things, and you know, I'm excited about that also, because before, let's say uh, three, four years ago, I had absolutely nothing going on. Right, and now, now it's <laughs> everything's opening up for you. <laughs> well, yeah, the the PBS show has has given me the opportunity to do things, and uh, you know, it's unfortunate too because. Because I saw uh, something, someone brought it to my attention that someone had put down that um, they felt that that I I didn't sing it, it, it that it was a it was lip synced, you know. Yep. And also that um, it was too perfect. They said that it, it sounded uh, too too much like the old record. I mean that that was the whole purpose. Right, that's a compliment. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. The the band was top-notch band. Mm -hmm, Yeah. You know, TJ brought in, it's his house band, and and these guys are excellent musicians. Yeah, and you had a great uh, background. uh, background Oh, my God, yeah. I I didn't realize there was like 13 background singers. Mm. You know, that was was, uh, something like four groups that were already, you know, they're on the show for that weekend. Right, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, they, they were great, great people, too. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it makes it makes a difference if, you, like you say, you have a, a 
professional group like that, and then Absolutely. and then a ba- the background singers, and and like you say, your voice s- still can hit those notes. You know, a lot of a lot of people can't do that, but but you still do, and and it's it was it was great. Well, yeah, yeah, I it, I did it uh, at the uh, Monkey Convention also, and and that came out great too. A lot of people gave me a lot of compliments that night too. And and they said pretty much the same thing about you know sounding uh, like I did, but but if you notice like some of the runs and stuff that I do now, I I I do I do them better than I did back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is you know which is great. Yeah. Now, uh, are you writing any new stuff or anything? Yeah, or? yeah, absolutely, man. As a matter of fact, I'm in the process of doing a CD now with my. Uh, with my band leader, Mike, my guitar player, and and he plays the organ also, Jan Jergalowitz, and um, we uh, hope to have this thing out, uh, you know, as soon as possible. But we're working on it, and it's all uh, new material. Oh, good, good, yeah. Because, you, like I say, your voice is just still, it's still there, and it sounds good. Well, I appreciate man. That's it. Thank you. Did you ever think when you were sitting down that night? And you guys were throwing around this na na hey hey stuff that 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 it would be picked up and everybody would just you know no, you know forty no. years fifty years later it would no start. no definitely not. I mean we knew that we had something but I don't think anyone could have predicted the 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 amount of time that this has lasted hmm. it's uh, like you just said I mean I think it spanned five decades now I mean yeah and it's. Um, like someone said to me, uh, when did they say it? I think yesterday, doing the other uh, uh, interview, they said it's like it's up there like White Christmas. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's, which, which, when you know, when you think about it, I mean, there there have been some people that are in the music business their entire life, and and they don't have a number one, but this is not only a number one; it's something that is like lasted for a long time, and it's all over the world. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to a stadium or any place like yeah. that, and all of a sudden they start playing it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, uh, sometimes I get goosebumps with that. You know? <laughs> it, it's great. Uh, I, was, I remember I was in uh, California, and I could hear them uh, singing in the stadium there, and this, and this was back in, in 1970. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I've seen some some big, big football games. As a matter of fact, somebody emailed me about five days ago and told me that they were watching a uh, soccer game in Germany. And he said that there were 80,000 people in the stands, and he said, and the entire stadium was singing it. Wow. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was very big in, in uh, Germany, in Sweden, um, in uh, England, in France, that they uh, they loved it, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that I'm, I couldn't be happier, man. Believe me, I just wanted to make sure that uh, the people realized that it was me. And yeah. Little by little, now it's starting to happen. Well, you deserve it, and I'm glad to see that you're finally getting the recognition that you deserve. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That you know, you're giving me this opportunity to, to be on the show and, and say things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, Gary, I'd like to finish up with two final questions, if that's All okay. Right. 
Okay, and these are going to take us away from your music and everything else. It's more of a personal side of you. First off, as far as music, what music do you like to listen to in the past and now? Oh, I, I love uh, rhythm and blues and blues. Mm-hmm. It, that, that's pretty much what I've listened to, you know, all my life. I love to see people dance yeah. and have a good time. And, and that's the kind of music that I like to, to uh, play for them. Because I enjoy watching them dance and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Any groups that, that come to mind? That that inspired me? Yeah, that inspired you? Well, I mean, well, years ago, I mean, I could say, you know, things like James Brown, but, um, uh, you know what I mean, the, the, the Fats Domino, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, um, uh, Marvin Gaye. I mean, you know, I, I, each period always had someone that that, that was outstanding. Yeah. Michael McDonald, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there there are just certain people that that when you listen to them, Ray Charles, for example, uh, and, and you know they inspire you, and and uh, you say to yourself, you know, like my God, man, how can somebody be this good? You know, and then they kind of make you feel small, but in a way, they give you something to reach for. Next question is as far as TV. When you sit back and watch TV, what what shows do you like now, and what did you like in the past? Well, I believe it or not, I don't like watching the um, the uh, shows now. That you know, like The Voice and and those. Uh, the, if you, I guess the reality shows, whatever you call them. Yeah, yeah. Because because I don't like a lot of the negative things they say to these kids. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, you know, I don't I don't like that. It, only because I I know what it feels like and. You know, going in and getting that no stuffed in your face all the time, mm. and and uh, you know some people will 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 not go on from that point. They'll they'll drop away. Yeah. And uh, but as far as like shows and stuff, I mean, I I watch a lot of uh, uh, sports. To, to, that's that's my release. Mm-hmm. In other words, to get away from music just just for that short period of time, because music is is also my hobby. But, but it's, it's what I love, so, you know what I mean? It takes up all my time. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, I enjoy watching hockey, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and football when it's in season. And, uh, you know, I'll watch uh, boxing and stuff like that. But, it's, you know, I, I, and I also enjoy a good movie. But that, uh, that was my next question. What are your favorite movies? Oh, well, I, I have, I have uh, you know, a variety of things. Uh, I could say... Uh, remember the Titans only because it was right. <laughs> Nana was throughout the whole movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there, there are there are. I I mean, there's been some musicals that I love. You know, like uh, Staying Alive, for example. I love the, the soundtrack of that movie. Yeah. Again, w- once once the guitar started playing, it, it, you knew it was going to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way it opened up, it said, "Wow, man, this is really great." Yeah. <laughs> well, Gary, I'm so happy I was able to get you on the show, and I appreciate you taking so much time to talk to us. And I wish you luck with uh, your music, and uh, I thank you. No problem, man. A- anytime you want, just give me a call, man. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. What a great guy, Gary DiCarlo from, well, I guess you could call him from Steam. <laughs> Nana, Hey, Hey, Kiss Him Goodbye is his song. He co-wrote it. 
He was the singer. It was credited to Steam. And now we know the whole story. And uh, thank Gary so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. It's just fascinating to hear these stories. And we got a lot more coming your way in the next couple of weeks. So I hope you're going to keep listening to On Screen and Beyond. Tell a friend because there's just over 260 guests that we have had here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, they're all in our backlog. You can go to our archives, our rerun section at onscreenandbeyond.com, or you can go to iTunes. They're there, too. Uh, you know, and if you're going to be on iTunes, leave us a, a little review there. We'd appreciate that. They're all there, and there's got to be somebody in there that your friends really would enjoy hearing because there's just so many great stars that we have had here, and uh, they tell their stories, and it's coming right from them. So be sure to check it out. And also, if you are on Facebook, be sure to like us. And if you want to email me, email me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. You can make a suggestion for a guest. We'll see what we can do about getting that person on. I'm constantly, constantly looking for guests to have here. And uh, quite often, somebody will send an email and they'll say, well, what about so-and-so? And if I can find that person, sometimes I can't. Sometimes uh, there's just no way to track them down. But uh, if I can, I will get that person, and we will see if they will be a guest on the show and tell their story and share it with all of us. So we appreciate that when you do that, because sometimes I just don't think of everybody that you might be thinking of. So uh, please do that. Feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Well, that's a wrap for this week. Next week, another great guest coming your way. So until then, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.